0: Hey everybody, it's me, Brad Watson from Saturate. Today we have a great episode where I talk with Ben Connolly about our new study on the book of Ephesians. We do this fun thing where he interviews me and he hosts, and I'm the guest. So it's a fun situation for us both. Before we jump into that episode, I just want to let you know about a few things. One is this Ephesian study, which we'll talk about a lot. You can get a free copy of the first chapter right now at the saturate website so saturate the world.com go there check it out you'll enjoy it the other thing is right now the whole saturate team is gathered together in mexico to process and plan and strategize for the future so one of the things i want to ask you to do is not go download anything or purchase anything or become a member or any of that stuff but just genuinely if you're listening to this, please sit, take some time to pray for us as a team. Pray that we would see clearly what God has for us in this upcoming season, that you'd give us a unity as a team, that you'd give us a passion for Jesus. All things that I think we often take for granted, but we would just love to see more and more of the Spirit of God infuse what we're doing and what we're dreaming about. And so, yeah, we would love to have you as the, the Saturate listeners praying for us, lifting us up, praying for what God's called us to, the opportunities God's given us, and I promise to give you an update as soon as I can about what we're doing in the future and how God is directing and leading this ragtag group called Saturate. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this podcast. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Saturate Podcast. My name is not Brad Watson. My name (laughs) is Ben Conley. My guest today is Brad Watson. And so we are switching seats because it's going to be more fun that way today.
0: It is fun. I'm glad you're taking over, Ben. It's long overdue.
1: Brad does a good job of introducing his guests. Um, So I will introduce Brad. He's Director of Resources for Saturate. He is one of the pastors at Soma Culver City in Los Angeles. Um, I got to stand on his back porch with Brad and his wife a couple of months ago and watch the sunset over Mm. their city. And what I love about Brad and Mirella is just the love that they have and passion and earnest yearning to see people grow deeper in their relationship with God, deeper in their relationship with each other, that we can all grow up into Christ, who is the head. I see them live that out in their cities. I see them give their time to that nationally and around the world. And so many of you have heard Brad's voice, but... uh, from a friend and a guy who's had a lot of respect for the Watson family. That's how I would introduce them. So I'm honored to get to interview you today. Thank you.
0: Wow. Get those tears out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see.
1: You also have a little something in your teeth. You want to get that out of your teeth as well?
0: Well, yeah. it's That's a podcast.
1: So I quoted growing up into Christ who's the head is from this book of Ephesians. Hmm. And today, the focus of our podcast is uh, this study that Brad has completed and that Saturate is releasing on the book of Ephesians. And so we're going to chat about this incredible, man, just such a a solidly packed theological and practical treatise from the Apostle Paul. We're going to talk about Ephesians. We're going to talk about the resource a little bit. And uh, since Brad is the author, he's also the expert on all things Ephesians. So any question any listeners have on Ephesians? To Brad henceforth, try to stump him. So.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. I'm an
1: Ephesian scholar. Why Ephesians though? This is, this is a new thing for Saturate to release a, a kind of specific
0: book study. Why are we doing this? A lot of it has to go back to like as a pastor, I realized the need for all of the different environments in our church where people are being discipled like DNA groups and individually in missional communities, all of those different spaces, the need for really solid Bible-based curriculum, for lack of a better term, curriculum is a scary word. But sometimes we have this idea of like, no, the Bible's super simple, just like these groups should just open the Bible and read them. But I think a lot of times we underestimate kind of the scandal of these scriptures were written in a completely different time and place. And you can't just read a sentence and be like, oh, yes, I have this huge epiphany. And so, I think one of the ways to set up disciples to succeed is by creating these, you know, studies that they can walk through to kind of get the most out of their their time reading the scriptures together. So, that's why we kind of hatched this idea of what would it look like if we, you know, long-term even eventually had a study for every book of the Bible and then even a whole bunch of different topics that we could look through a biblical lens. And Ephesians was the first because it's one of my favorites, I guess. It's just selfish. It's like, oh, I like Ephesians. And <laughs> and it also, Ephesians is, and I even describe it this way in the book, in the introduction, that, the, that Ephesians is basically the DVD extras or the director's cut commentary on the story of God. So like if you've ever way back in a day when we had DVDs, you could like click on the director's commentary and they would walk through the whole movie. But instead of hearing the audio of the movie, you would hear the director, the writer, maybe the star actor uh, talking through, this is what's actually happening in the scene. This is why we did the lighting this way. And Oh, you you might've missed that when you watched it, but like, this is what we intended. And it's fascinating. And I feel like Ephesians in particular, is kind of like that director's cut on the whole story of God. It's like, let me let you know, this is what was happening when Jesus died on the cross. This is what was happening when he rose again. Like, you might have missed it. Like, this is the big stuff. And so Ephesians is that kind of book. And it, for me, it's always been like a standard go-to even establishing missional communities. It's like, let's read through the book of Ephesians and see what's true about God what he's done, who we are, how we live, and then we'll figure out how to be a missional community. It just really works that way. And so that's why it was the first one. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: What I love about this step that you're taking with this study is, um, like you just mentioned, the the story of God. And the story of God is amazing and has been so impacting, life-changing. And part of why I feel like it is that is because it does stay like so big picture and you can't help, but you know, see different themes that weave its mm-hmm. way through. But, but you and I've talked about this, Brad, Jeff and I've talked about this. Like even when you, when you, when you have just the big picture, you, you then necessarily miss out on all the different pinpoints that make the big picture. Right. And yeah. And even with gospel fluency, like if we're going to break down the lie, we have to know what truth to replace it to. Mm-hmm. And stay just kind of big picture story of God as beautiful as that story is like we miss so many of the like ho- however many hundreds of promises that there are in scriptures um, mm-hmm. and, and we miss so many of the, the pieces of depth and nuance um, the chapters within the story of God Totally, know. I love that, that you and Saturate that we are, are making this resource not that it opposes the story of God but that it, it helps us understand specifics within it
0: I'm really excited. I'm excited to see how it gets worked out. And yeah, it was really fun to, to create. I think in the end, I've, I've started to realize that I am like a Bible teacher. Like that's, <laughs> that is a big part of who I am. The 22 year old version of myself cringes, but the, you know, grown up adult version of myself is like, that's just who you are. So you can accept that. Like, and so I just, yeah, I enjoy teaching the Bible through the study.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think it also speaks to just the, the growing up of Soma and Saturate. You know, there was a season when I think we could be accused of, we I even mean, said like missional communities are not Bible studies. Um, right. And that and was never intended to be exclusive of the Bible study. It was just kind of going like, hey, when people think of Bible study, it's, it's got to be more than that. And so right. you know, what it really meant was we're not just a Bible study if any of us negate like the one authority we have, which is the word of God, as we believe it to be given. We got nothing. We got no missionaries. We We have no community. We have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the whole deal. I think we kind of maybe overstated our reactions or the rhetoric stuck in people's minds more than the heart of it. But I think it's kind of, what, what we were saying with SOMA was like, there's this reaction to the church is a Bible study. And it's all about going, what's the next book that we need to go through? And that's even what community is. And it's how can we learn the Bible, not how can we live it and embody it? Like the questions, at least in the Bible studies I grew up in, weren't how does the scriptures like get woven into like the soil of your soul? It was just, all right, sweet. So now we know what Ephesians says, moving yeah. on. And the idea that if people have knowledge, then they'll have new lives, but then you can look around and you're like, that's not actually happening. So, right. and that's something that we try to even address in this study is each of the sections will dive into how does this passage impact your heart and your soul? And then how does this passage impact your daily life and allow people to dream so that we yeah. can be people who do the word, not just hear the word. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we talk about that a lot. I mean, so I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. There's a, a uh, Bible-fluent culture around me. Um, <laughs> it's not always gospel-fluent. It's, it's strange sometimes. Folks who wouldn't claim to be Christians, as we're talking to them about spiritual things, go, well, show me where that is in the Bible. Why do you, why do you care um, where, where it is in the Bible? But it just speaks to the level of, of which people can know about the Bible or know about God and miss, miss knowing God or knowing the heart of the gospel. What does a study do to kind of take us from just knowing about the book of Ephesians to really like from Bible fluency into the gospel fluency? How do we see the gospel behind the message of Ephesians or as the core of the message in Ephesians?
0: Yeah, I think the whole I mean, this the structure of the book just kind of outlines it from the very beginning. Like I believe Ephesians one is essentially this either spontaneous rap song or poem. Or something that that Paul just gets enraptured in, Holy Spirit breathed creativity, but the first chapter, Paul just outlines this marvelous picture of who Christ is and who god is and and the adoption that we have as sons and daughters and this it's and the the purposefulness of God to not just save but to seek us out and save and Ephesians two outlines this this reality of the human condition and how we're dead and then saved, but it's all because of Jesus. And I mean, it just, yeah, it just kind of flows through the whole book. Uh, even a few times Paul breaking out into prayers over and over again of man, like that we would know and understand this love of God and that he's, he's going to do even more than us understanding it. And yeah, I just, I think it's just a beautiful letter. I think some of the big things that, that you can take away from it is the power of God to make the whole world new. Uh, that the gospel isn't just he defeated sin, but he de- defeated evil, he defeated death, he raised us up to life, and God's making everything new. And then I think what's interesting is Paul ends with like locating each Christian in this faceless, nameless war, an army of people who are battling evil with the truth about who God is.
1: Well, what I love about your answer is I feel like uh, it's common for people to, you know, and I think we do this with every book of the scriptures that we, you know, individually might know or love or might be our favorite or whatever. Like so many people think Ephesians, they think, you know, the by grace you've been saved
0: verse
1: mm-hmm. or separately, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, separate teachers, mm-hmm. or separately it's the marriage, marriage right. text or separately it's spiritual warfare. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, kind of uh, <laughs> those are of the things yeah. and, and somehow we miss that it's one unified message That, mm-hmm. um, that, that so I just love how you encap, encapsulated it as like it is it is the universal scope of God's work and praise God all four of those that we go to are true mm-hmm. um, they all fit within one movement of God um, from this deep rich you know I'm, I'm sure Paul was definitely a rapper as mm-hmm. you mentioned um, <laughs> when manuel miranda would make him into a rapper but yes it, it all overflows from this heart of just awe oh yeah. totally how can people yeah. do a, a bible study whether it's this one or another and not lose that awe and beauty you know what i mean how can how, how can folks walk through this and it's not a commentary it's not just a knowledge based thing kind of what have what have you guys done to maintain that the worshipfulness of walking through a Bible study for the folks who participate in it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think at least, at least for me, and this is even how I operate writing a study or writing a sermon, is I, I do think, How is this good news for me? And that's helpful, right? I mean, I believe all the others, you know, the good preachers that say, You know, this needs to be good news to you first before it can be good news to people. Yeah. But I think one of the things that gives life to me when I'm reading the scriptures and studying them is imagining all the people that I know, and like that I really know, and like what they're going through and what they're going through life, the tragedies, the abuse, like the whole gamut. And then reading like, what, how is this like good news to them? Is to me is just really, I mean, it just kind of changes the way I look at it. Because I think often we look at the scriptures and we say, what can I get out of it for me? And how can I make it? And kind of like connoisseurs, but there's something that changes when you're reading it, even like on behalf of others, like how can I see that this is good news for those people? And even what kind of questions would my friend who doesn't believe, what would he be asking these scriptures? Really kind of helps me dive into not just like better questions of the text, but also helps me think about how, how God is at work. And then I think one of the things just like for people who are going through curriculum. I think one of the things that we're super good at, with as churchy people, is using curriculum to put ourselves above the word. So, like, you're doing a, a Bible study in a group of people in your DNA group or whatnot, and and the person who wrote the curriculum wrote a question that you're not you don't quite agree with. What your group can do is begin talking about the curriculum. It's like, yeah, well, that question wasn't very good. Like, what does that question even mean? Like. I don't even know if that's that's like off base. And we use that so that we don't have to talk about the Bible. Right. We get to talk about ourselves and, mm-hmm. and we can be above it. And I think, I mean, there's a biblical literacy piece that's really challenging for people right now. But I would say the other thing that's really challenging for people as they read the scriptures is that they are above the scriptures and they're reading it like they read a politician's platform thinking, do I agree with all of these pieces? And how does how does what the Bible says say jive with me and what you know I believe? And I think those are those things. So if you can remove that and say, oh, I'm going to put myself under the scriptures, that's really helpful. Yeah. I love
1: that answer. And Ephesians is the perfect book for, you know, I don't know, Satre's doing more of these in the future. We can come back to that at the end. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I feel like Ephesians is a perfect book to to do that with because if, if we finish Ephesians, if I finish, you know, reading through Ephesians and my view of God and my yearning for the world I live in hasn't been expanded. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow I've missed so much of yeah. what I, the heart of that book uh, draws, us, draws us into.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that there always has to be like an openness for how it might change us you know, little secret I'll give to the podcast people. Another reason we chose Ephesians is because I preached through it last year. So it was really low hanging written fruit. But for example, when I was preparing to preach on the the marriage piece, right? And it's that whole section starts in, you know, submit to one another in all things. And then it goes on and it describes husband and wife relationships. And then it describes fathers and sons and children and sons and masters and servants and all that. And I think what I never understood before because I was kind of reading as like oh how do I preach this in a winsome way so people don't hate me like uh that was basically <laughs> the, that was my that was my monday morning goal. But then as I just like kept studying and I just realized like oh no like in the context of the whole book paul believes that the power of the resurrection heals all relationships. And like every relationship that was broken through our rebellion and sin and the creation of death and like the pervasiveness of evil, like the gospel reverses that curse and actually creates something incredibly beautiful. And so he's describing this is what relationships would look like without the burden of sin and death. Like, this is, this is it. And man, it just like left me so filled with awe. As you were saying, it's like, oh, like this is so much more than just like who should take out the trash and who gets to decide, you know, (laughs) whether we buy a Toyota or a Honda. oh, no, like, could we reimagine resurrected relationships, which are the hardest ones for us to deal with, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That's great.
1: Um, Are there ways, as you as you preached it, or as you kind of wrote the study in Ephesians, are there ways that you f- really feel like the you know the original audience uh, has some similarities to kind of where where audiences might be today? Participants might might resonate with the original hearers.
0: Yeah, great. Let's move on then.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I do. Um... That's one of those good questions. I hope you've been in the study guide.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this church in Ephesus, I think they have so much in common with with where we are. It's a cosmopolitan place where people have some godlike beliefs. God and politics is linked. You have a cultural like awareness of spiritual, but not religious, but hyper religious the rules of that society were very structured, and the way to have the good life was very structured and oriented. And, and this church in Ephesians is, yeah, just like smack dab in the middle of it. That connects to who we are all the time. And then one of the things that I love, uh, because I'm a writer, one of the things I love about the scriptures is the assumptions that the writers make about the audience, mm-hmm. and how that like teaches us so much. For example, all the writers of the Gospels assume that people are going to come to it knowing that the world is kind of in a terrible situation, and that they are too, and that they need good news. Like They all start with like, this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus, Mm -hmm. not this is the beginning of the bad news. They start with, oh, everyone who comes to this book is going to want to know what happened with Jesus and how does it matter to me? Mm -hmm. And I think the assumption that Paul makes that tells us so much is the people that are going to read this have forgotten who they are forgotten what they believe and they don't think that jesus and his power to save and restore and redeem is as much as the things that they see in their daily lives and i think those are like the undergirding assumptions that he has and then he's also assuming because they don't believe in and they forget who god is the way they live isn't congruent with who they really are you know like he has this big I call it a speed bump in the whole thing. It's like, therefore, live a good life. You know, it's like, wait, what? Theology is cool. Now you're talking about living a good life. But I think yeah. he assumes that that's who we are. Yeah, and I yeah. think
1: those assumptions are true for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so in every way, we are very much like the original audience. I think
0: whatever. so. I mean, I'm not wearing togas or anything. And, yeah. and neither are you, unless you're yeah. in a fraternity. I mean, you went to Baylor, so you probably wore some togas. No comment.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
0: <laughs> the only time I wore a toga was in the college as well, but I was yeah. dressed up like uh, who was I was dressed up like a, a character from the Sistine Chapel painting, and for mm. Halloween we created the, we recreated it at this party.
1: I was in a uh, Shakespearean play, maybe in high school or so. Nice. That no, is the most uh most toga. I think it's a verb. It's the most togaed that I've been called. Yeah. Um I'm glad we went down that path though. That's helpful for <laughs> sure. you <you're> listeners. <laughs> when were you in a toga? Please tweet it <laughs> Oh, that'd
0: be a good know. marketing campaign. If you can get this book and then take a picture of you in a toga, we will retweet it at Saturate the World. So oh, our well thousands of followers. <laughs> um, a couple of just logistics
1: questions, whatever people consider, you know, resources and studies and that kind of stuff. Uh, like what, what am I getting into kind of walk us through like a week? Um, how much time is it going to take? Kind of a, for, for me, a below average speed reader and uh, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Is it, it every day there's something to do like some other saturated resources or is it just kind of a question a week or walk us through what it looks like.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So the weeks are set up to where it actually begins with personal reflections, reading the whole passage, and then asking these these questions that we love uh, within the the saturate world. Asking that text: Who is God? What has He done? Who are we? How do we live? And that's kind of how it starts. So if you're doing it in a group, that's the homework that people do leading into okay. it, and then when you get together as a group, you'll read through an introduction that kind of. Sets the table in an interesting way, I believe. And then there's some questions to help you like talk through it out loud, out loud as a group, walking through head questions, heart questions, hand questions. It's one of our great paradigms. And uh, the questions aren't like repeated the same every week, so you won't get bored. And within each chapter as well, there's kind of this extra article that kind of would help people kind of see a little bit more of the scriptures, either like telling you this is what this word means in Greek, or this is what some other famous person has said about this passage of scripture, this theological concept, stuff like that. So it always ends with this opportunity to dream as a group. If this was true, how would we live?
1: Yeah, I like the head, heart, hands, especially. Is knowing that every every passage of scripture has something for us to know and something to stir our Mm affection for, and then many have something for us to do. Yeah, but but the the order makes sense too. Like if we just go, oh, here's a Bible says I have to go do it, but our affections haven't been stirred, or we don't know what we're doing. Like the the order matters, and stuff. yeah. So every week is
0: just one of the passages in Ephesians for how, how many weeks? It's 12 weeks long. The last week is looking over the whole study and kind of reminding ourselves of what are the, how did we learn or what did we learn head, heart, hands through this whole thing. And then it also kind of sets you up. How could we as a group of people that went through this study live differently now and be changed and continue to walk in the things that, that the spirit brought to us. So, yeah, so it's kind of 11 weeks of study. And then the 12th week is a capstone thing. Yeah. Yeah
1: which is kind of what i think what happened in the original reading right like they would have they received it as a letter um mm-hmm. and read it and then i just picture like whenever someone makes an announcement or this feature reads especially read something like you look around you gotta put it put it down and they go okay do we understand this what, what, do we, what do we want to do with this like do i need to go back right. and look at any That well, is kind of the an encapsulation of kind of how how that letter would be in the first place what are we supposed to to absorb here and how's it going to change us. So.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Is there a uh, second study either in your
0: brain or in the works? <laughs> I think there will be for okay. sure. It's not in production yet. So honestly if people had ideas, we would receive them. We have several different ideas. I'd love to to diversify it too so it's not just me writing these studies, but yeah, yeah we have ideas on some stuff in the book of Genesis or doing the prophet Isaiah. We've also thought through gospel of Mark, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, we have ideas. Right now, we're pretty curious to see like how people will receive a Bible study. Sure. Yeah. That's great. From from the people that said, we are not a Bible study. (laughs) study." (laughs) It's actually, it's kind of funny. Well, tweet
1: your uh, Bible study ideas to Brad wearing your toga. Then you and your toga picture will be on the cover of the next Bible study. That's exactly <laughs> right. I'm sure that, uh, that there's a sample of this that is somehow attached to this podcast. I'm going to wrap up there unless you have anything else. If this has been helpful, pass it along to your friends. and. If you like it, go uh, rate it on whatever your favorite podcast app is. And I think there's something else that you usually wrap this thing up with, but I forget. So I'm going to step out of the interview (laughs) chair there and tell you thank you for letting me do it and let you wrap us up,
0: Brad. Well, thanks so much, Ben. That was a great interview. It's been a while since I was interviewed. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. The study will be available on August 19th. So that's when you can get it. And as Ben said, you can, you can go to the Saturate website or check the show notes and you can download the first chapter for free. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturate the See you everywhere. See you later, everybody. See you everywhere. See you every- <laughs> <laughs>